I was sitting at church on a Sunday and thought to myself, approximately half of today's Westside Family Fellowship and Westside Academy are new and have no idea who this man is sitting right in front of me. That man is Pastor Arlo Johnson, and I thought this man's story is valuable and everyone under the Westside umbrella needs to know who he is and what he has done. In 1984, he was the founding pastor of Westside Family Fellowship. In 1982, Westside Academy, and in 2000, the Emmaus House. Most people may not know this, but in Winnipeg, he helped build Weston Gospel Chapel in 1956. None of this would be possible to accomplish without hearing the voice of God and executing His will. If you read Romans 10.17, John 10.27, Hebrews 3.15, all talks about hearing from God. Today, I'm going to ask him to share with us what hearing from God looks like. He's 91 years old and is filled with knowledge on how to hear from and submit to God. The generations after him can gain insight and wisdom through his life, story, and knowledge. Welcome today to Tea Time with Gino. Pastor Arlo, thank you very much for joining me today with Tea Time with Gino. <laughs> so today in my intro, uh, with introducing you, I'll tell you what that was. I was sitting in at church and you were sitting in front of me and I was looking around and I thought to myself, a lot of people today at Westside and the school are new people. And I went, a lot of people may not know who this man is. And I went, it's important for me to capture his story on how all of this was built and how all of this came became a reality. So I was sitting there thinking, this is someone I should sit down with. This is someone I should talk to and learn what it's like to hear from God to accomplish the things that you've accomplished. So to, to name the things you have, all part of building Westside Family Fellowship, the Western Gospel Chapel in uh, Winnipeg, the Emmaus House, Westside Academy, all these things. So to do all those things, you had to be able to hear from God, submit to God, and, and just walk in His will. And so with all the things, I have actually, I have a couple things that I'll share as well with when it comes to hearing from God, which actually includes you in this story. So, but I want to thank you because I'm here in Prince George because of you. I left my beautiful Vancouver glamorous life in the Lower Mainland doing what I do there to come to Prince George. And so that was all thanks to you. So part of what I had to do then is listen to God and hear from God. And he pulled me out of the Lower Mainland and brought me here. So Pastor Marlowe walked me through a lot of my difficulty when I first moved to PG. But then you are the person that brought me here. And so I'm here because of you. So um, that's like an example, but I have another one I'll share later on. But for you, with all these things that you've accomplished, can you help understand? Because I think it's important for me to understand and the generations below us to understand what it's like to submit to God, what it's like to hear from God. Yeah. 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 What that's, what's that like? Help me understand. What's it like to hear from God? Yeah, to hear from God. You had to do all these things while submitting and hearing from God. So how did you, 
How did that all like help help me unfold that for me, unpack it? Well, you, uh, an idea comes into your mind, and uh, you know, well, now uh, this could be very foolish, but or the, this may not work or whatever. Yeah. But I'm going to go. I'm going to take an, a crack at it anyway to get this thing on the road. Yeah, yeah. And when I uh, I worked with people, I had three friends, uh, Mike. And Ben, and uh, I, I don't remember who the third one is. That's that okay. important. And uh, I just tell them my ideas, and they, they <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that'll never happen. Yeah, and but all of those things they happened whether they thought they were crazy or not, because yeah. God put the thought in my mind. A mass place came into being because of the thought that came here. Here's people that have great needs, and there are scads of them in Prince George mm -hmm. that need help. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to do what I can to help them find a purpose and a meaning in their lives here in this city. Yeah. So you would have to have vision. You would have to have a dream. I had a dream. Yeah. And so Westside Academy was one of it. The church was one of it. And then you also had, we haven't touched on this, but Sri Lanka. So you were going to Sri Lanka in the 90s. How did, how did, how did that idea come from? Because you're, you're not Sri Lankan. And how did Sri Lanka get planted in your heart? Like how did, what, what happened there? What was the vision? How did you, like how, how did that unfold for you? Well, with regard to overseas missions, yeah. I wanted to be involved in missions. Yeah. And I... Uh, I had friends who had been involved in missions, and yeah. and uh, they said you should you should go on a mission. Yeah, I said, well, I don't, I wouldn't know how to to get that on the roll or how how to do all of that, and uh, and so I just uh, they said, finally they said uh, we think you should go to Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. Sri Lanka, where's that? Mm -hmm. I don't even know know where it is, you know, and uh, what's that all about? Well. Why don't you just strike out with a group, take a group, and go to Sri Lanka? And that's exactly what we did. We took a bunch of young people, and we went to Sri Lanka. Had no idea what what it all meant, except they said, there is a work project going on. A man is building some kind of building, and he wants, he wants some Canadian help, financially probably, and, and see what can be done to help the people forward themselves in the things that uh, they know most about. Mm -hmm. And uh, this man wasn't even a Christian, mm -hmm. but he said, you know, you know, take, I'll take your students, take your helpers, and, and I'll show you, this is what I want you to build. Mm -hmm. And we, we built something, and it went on from there. Mm -hmm. And in the process, I met... Uh, the pastor of the the what's a in Badulna lighthouse the lighthouse in Candy. Yeah, I I met them and then it, it all catapulted from there. Right. Yeah. So God has with with all the things that you were working with, you would have had struggles, challenges, resistance, and all of that. How did you sift your way through it and continue to like plug into God 
because you were you had to navigate through it all. How did that happen? Well, I didn't want to be the workers that were building this building because that's not my specialty. Yeah. I had a spiritual purpose, and I started walking the streets of Candy, mm -hmm. and God put a burden on my heart, mm -hmm. and I prayed as I walked all through that little city, mm -hmm. Candy, mm -hmm. and uh, and then the pastor of the Lighthouse Church heard about me, and then he said, I want you to do some things here. I got some projects. I'd like you to tell me what you could do to make this better for us here in Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. And it was one step after another. Mm -hmm. But I would, I would walk the streets and just pray that God would show me what I should do. And, you know, the thing exploded. Mm -hmm. And it was an amazing thing. It was God. It mm -hmm. wasn't Arlo. Mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't putting this on. Mm -hmm. This was God putting something in my heart that would eventually affect many, many people. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, the people I most want to affect is my relatives. Mm -hmm. And so I started taking my my young people. Uh, what was Your grandchildren it? and students. At yes, yeah. and I'd, yeah. I'd tell them what I see here and what I think they could have a part in. And look, at now some of them are married to Sri Lankans and they've got kids that are birthed by yeah, Sri Lankan doctors and yeah. Canadian doctors yeah. and whoever. Yeah. And it, it all just happens. Yeah. But it isn't just happening. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. They put something in your heart. Yeah. So, did you have? Do you have an example or a moment where? Uh, do you have an example or a moment where God is trying to speak to you, and you just found it difficult to to listen to Him because you just couldn't see the big picture, or you felt trapped in your and you're just like, oh, this is just too big. I can't handle this. What do you? Did you ever? Was there anything like? Did you have a moment like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Which what do you know? Which which one? Which one do you find just like this is this is a tough one for me to tackle. This is there's there's a lot of resistance. Was well, it the school and the church. It, there's a language barrier so Sri Lanka. in Sri yeah. Lanka, okay. and uh, yet th these people were so warm and yeah. We went places with them, and yeah. uh, it was just unbelievable how they opened their hearts to me. Yeah, I'm, who am I? Yeah, you know. So of all the things that you, like, of all the projects, all the visions that you've had, all the things that you started and got going, you found that Sri Lanka was the most challenging one? Was that the biggest in your heart? Did that take up the most room in your mind, in your heart? Yeah, I would think so. Sri Lanka? Because it, it was, and there was so much unknown, so many unknowns. Yeah. What is, who is this pastor? Yeah. Maybe he's a... Crook. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. He wasn't, of course. <laughs> he was a very fine man, but yeah. he, it, it took building relationships with him. Yeah. And do, doing things that would be meaningful to him because their, their, their lives are very different from ours. And yet, you know, they opened their hearts to me. Yeah. They wanted me to, do things with them and see how they could be made better yeah. in their work 
by my being there. Yeah. Do you still keep in touch with some of these Sri Lankan connections? Do I you do. In, you do keep in touch with them. I mean, this fellow phoned me not over a month ago now, yes. and he sent me this thing oh, as, yes. as a gift. Oh, yes, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we, I stayed at his place. Yes. I stayed at his place. Uh -huh. Yeah, I know. His and he wouldn't have a place like that if it wasn't for Marlowe. Yeah. Because Marlowe helped him build that house. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Marlowe did an awful lot. Yeah. And and really all he came over there for was to see what what crazy thing is his dad doing now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when I'll share my story, when it, when my strongest example when it comes to hearing from God, I don't have my strongest example is I came to Prince George to visit you for the very first time in 2007 and I went to the Emmaus house with you, went to the school with you, went to church with you. And throughout this weekend, I met Carrie. And so we went for coffee before I went, like before I flew back home, went for coffee. And then during that whole time, I uh, remember chatting with her. And I remember something happening within inside of me. And at the time, I was too young and just wasn't seasoned enough in my tuning into God. And I remember walking into the airplane thinking, I think I just met my wife. But I had a lot of things going on in my head that I just wasn't able to decode. And that's the strongest example I have of God speaking into me or just listening to God. And that was 16 years ago. And so we're married now. We got three kids. So you were that weekend. I mean, that was that was that was a wonderful weekend. So you were part of that. Sorry. So thank you. Um, but You're very welcome because it's God. It wasn't Arlo. It wasn't Arlo. No, it was God. That's right. And but, that's one thing we really got to keep straight. We we do see the miraculous, but it's not our miracle. It's God's miracle. Yeah. So. Um, with everything that you've gone through, you've had lots of experience. And in today's world, we are filled with the internet, you're filled with your laptops and phones and screens and just so many people and the media. With today's generation, people that are in my generation and below, if you can share a little bit on how would you explain what like explaining hearing from God to our generation today because we're just ambushed by so many other things that are just overwhelming our sensors. It's nice to hear from someone that's like in your generation that's very good at keeping it simple and listening to God. What would you share with our generation? How do we, how can we, how, what can we get from that, from you? Well, I think the first thing is that we've got to keep straight that unless God intervenes in our affairs, we're hopeless. We won't achieve much. But if we'll yield our lives to God, God, He'll take us around the world. Mm -hmm. He'll do things unheard of. You know, here's Glenn and I going over there for six months one time. We didn't know beans about it, but we just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And, mm -hmm. and one door would open and then 
another one would shut, and, and on and on would go. It was just, we had no doubt that God was guiding us. There was absolutely no doubt. We couldn't arrange this. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he did it all. It's all to his glory. Mm-hmm. So I don't have anything to glory in. It's all about God, because God takes those who will be venturesome enough mm-hmm. to step out into the unknown and do something that's just a little different from what you usually do day by day. So continue to be obedient. Yeah. Continue to take that step forward. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll guide you path. And I, I told some of you, somebody, <laughs> yeah. that, hey, you know, there's some good-looking girls down there too, actually. Yeah. yeah. This Didn't is I Sri- tell you that? Sri Lanka? No, well, wherever we're going. I mean, oh, yeah. No, not me. No, no, wasn't you. No, you told me mine was here. Uh, well, I told, I told somebody mm-hmm. somewhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometime. Yeah, sometime ago. Yeah. So you're, you're in your 90s now, 91. Um, what, what are you hearing from God now? You've accomplished all the things. You've built all the things. Everything has legs now and it's doing its own thing. People are filling the roles now with running the church and running the school and the Mayas house. And so now that you're retired in your 90s, what is it like hearing from God now? What are you hearing now at this stage in your life? Well, you're still meeting new people. Okay. There's a fellow that I sat by uh, at church for two Sundays and I was disappointed that he hasn't continued, whether he is out of town for some reason or not here. But uh, he said, you got this all started. Well, I said, I, I guess I was involved, but I, I really didn't, it wasn't me that did it. But and I was trying to explain to him the interventions of God. Mm-hmm. He's the one that opens doors and he's the ones that gives us ideas and puts it all together and it's all God. So you still continue to meet people? Yes. You do. And but I find I find that people don't talk to me as much as they used to. Okay. And that I I first I was hurt. Yeah. I thought cotton picking guy, he was nothing when I met him. Yeah. And now he's something and he doesn't even talk to me. Yeah. And then I began to realize these people don't know what to talk, to say to you. Right. They they don't have, and so they're not they're not being offen- trying to be offensive. They're not trying to yeah. to to put you down. They just don't know what to say because they're not fully sure where I'm at now. Yeah, some don't know who you are, Pastor. That's no. what that's what this is. This is this is why I was sitting <laughs> at church, going, a lot of people don't know who this man is. Yeah, and so that's why I'm here today. To, well, I don't really that. care whether they know who I am or not because, you know, in the final analysis, if if God doesn't work a thing, shut it up shop. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, God has got to be in the thing we want to see done, and mm-hmm. it's still happening. Mm-hmm. And it is. So who do you? So you say you connect with people now. Who like where do you connect with people? This is just at Westside, or do you connect with people at? Amaya's or within this building here? Well, one of my most successful connections is Simon Fraser. Okay. Why is that? Well, because they they felt I had something to say to the seniors. And they made a place for me. And, of course, 
I, uh, I met a Presbyterian lady, a real born-again believer, yeah. and she, she, her husband had died, and she, she met a man in Simon Fraser, and she said, Arlo, I, I'm a born-again believer. I be, but, uh, and I play cards with this guy, but there's nothing emotional involved. It's not a love relationship. But she said, I talked to him about Jesus, but he, he can't seem to understand who Jesus is and what salvation means. And she said, I just have a request of you. Would you become a friend to him? Just get acquainted with him. You know his name now. You, you, you know he lives here. And uh, <clears throat> so I said, I said, well, I, I'll, I'll become a friend. It's not hard to be a, become a friend. And so I began to develop a friendship with him. And, uh, uh, so, well, anyway, I, 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 I hear, I have her voice in my mind. Would you talk to him, become his friend, earn the right to be heard by him and see if what will happen to him spiritually? And in the process of the next six months, I built a relationship. And one day I said, you know, you need God in your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, yes, I don't know much about God, he said. He said, I used to, I do a lot of, do, do a lot of work in the north of, of here. Well, I said, why don't you let me tell you a story? Mm -hmm. And I told him the story of the Apostle Paul. I said, he did, he hated God. He hated Christians and all the rest. And yet he, you know, he probably ha had needed a revelation who God was. Mm -hmm. And finally, he said one day, he said, you know what? When I worked in the north, he said, we had ice bridges. And we, we would go on these ice bridges. And one day I was, oh, what I thought was that ice bridge. And I began to realize this is not an ice bridge. This is a lake. And the water's coming up on the ice. And if I don't get out of here, I might not be around to get out of here, you know? And so uh, he said, uh, I said, well, you need to do what the Apostle Paul did. You need to repent of your sins and you need to receive Jesus Christ into your life. Mm -hmm. And your life will change. Mm -hmm. And he did. I, he, he said, I'll pray and ask the Lord's forgiveness of my life, in my life. And he did. And as a result of that, he said, I realized that God spared my life on what I thought was an ice bridge which was really a, a lake that was having the water come up on the top of the ice. And my life was spared. God spared me so that I would be able to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. You were also involved in like Riverbend. What is that? I said God also led you to Riverbend and the Chateau. Well, that was before all of that. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. What? There was a pastor that started a chapel. At, yeah. So how did how did the river bend? Like how did like not was river bend? That, that was uh, Simon the chateau. Simon the chateau. First the chateau, yeah. then river bend. Yeah. So how did God lead you there? What were you doing 
What were you doing there? What, why At River uh, there? Chateau. Chateau. Yeah. Well, there was a pastor that started a program there. Yeah. Uh, a chaplain. And uh, he was getting relocated for, to pastor somewhere. Yeah. And he said, Arlo, I've, uh, I've, I've been somewhat acquainted with you and I know something of what your thinkings are. And so spiritually, he said, would you, would you come and uh, I'm going to be relocating and would you come and, run the chapel there I did and I did it for six years and uh, it was a phenomenal experience because so many of those people came from churches where they didn't know the gospel they didn't have it taught to them properly and they 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 wanted to talk about it and many of them came to personal faith and expressed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ mm. because of the connections that were established. Mm -hmm. And I was given great freedom. And uh, I was encouraged to just keep Working going there. straight ahead. Yeah. You know, um, you wrote a book or two. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. How did that come about? What was the seed like? How, well, did, God, how, did, God, how did God do that within you? What made you... There was one over there. Yeah. So uh, what, made me, what made you go... What was the seed planted? What was the God? What was the God moment in that? When it comes to that? well, I I think that history is very important, and people don't know their own history. Yeah. Well, you yeah. wrote another one called it's called the Patriarchs and the Pentateuch. Hmm? You wrote another book, the one that you got printed in Sri Lanka, the Patriarch book. Yeah. And yeah. So that was another one. That's the yeah. one that I have. I, yeah. I. Yeah. So, I'd, like, what? Yeah. Sorry, you were here. You, you were well. No, I was. Just, this is the history of my family. So this book is. This is a history of your family. My family. Your family. Yeah. How has God has worked in this book? Like, how has God worked in in this process here? You wanted your family to know their history. Well, it was just a project that you had in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. If you don't know where you come from, you won't probably know where you're going. Yeah. In your family tree, Pastor Arlo, you have many generations of people that followed Christ. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of your like brothers and sisters, they're all in the same work that you do. Right? Well, many, starting, uh, starting with your parents. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the challenges that you had being a pastor with coming together and putting together Westside Family Fellowship? You must have run into some struggles, some challenges, resistance. What were some of those resistances? You don't have to get into great detail, but what were the, some of the resistances that you felt while trying to put all that together? Uh, well, I don't know, because, uh, you know, I think maybe uh, I'm a little thick in the sense of uh, I'm not smart enough to get out of situations. Yeah. I just try to get through the situation yeah. and see what's God after now. Yeah. And uh, I think that's... So you must have had moments when you tackle these projects as big as they are to think, this is hard for me to navigate through. I'm just by myself. Did you have moments where you beat yourself up? You just went, I just, I don't know if I can do this. This is just too much. It's too big. Did you have moments like that? Well, you see, the other factor is Marlowe. Yeah. Marlowe 
was a great supporter of my far-out ideas. Yeah. But he didn't mince words. He said, my dad, I don't know about him. And on one occasion, he came to Sri Lanka to just see if I was all right, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, I was. Yeah. Well, he said to me, he said, you walked through a... Uh, that was a checkpoint. A, checkpoint. a checkpoint. Checkpoint. You you walked through that checkpoint. Yeah. I will have said they're not after me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that story. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so they don't want me. They're not looking for me. Yeah. And so I went through the checkpoint. Yeah. And we're still going through checkpoints. Yeah. You know, Abnarlo was a great encouragement to me. Yeah. We uh, we didn't always agree. Yeah. He thought I was a little bit. Far out at so times. When you, when you had your moments of, I don't know if I can do this, Pastor Marlowe, your son, Pastor Marlowe, was a voice that kept pushing you along the way through challenges and struggles that you would have had. Well, he, he, not I just think, Sri Lanka, but just in anything you did, even in Prince George. Well, I, I think he, he believed in me. Yeah. But, uh, he, he he couldn't be me, yeah. and uh, so he didn't try to be me. Yeah, and he made space, and we worked together. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you know the greatest, the two greatest losses I've faced has been the loss of Glenna. That's one loss, and then then when Marlo died, that was we'd spent the whole day together mm -hmm. to get a, a plaque. For Glenna, yeah. I said, I like the plaque that got for Tricia, but it's it's not my story. Yeah, and I I picked out a plaque, and I believe I have the nicest plaque in the graveyard there for uh, us because it was so special. She's so special, and Glenna was a she was a smart lady. Smarter than her husband at times. <laughs> I tell you, she she could do it. Yeah, put it together. Yeah. So, Pastor Arlo, there's something uh, like I recognize that you didn't, we didn't mention today is that you have this this gift, this ability, and I can use my life as an example, and I can use Carrie's life as an example because I see it. Carrie would have a lot more examples because she grew up with you. So my example is you knew, and this would have to be you hearing from God, or this is just a gift that you have, a spiritual gift that you have, that you, you apply, uh, and it includes other people, where you connect people, you're a connector of people, into action to getting things done. My example is, I didn't know I had to be here in Prince George. I didn't even know where Prince George was on the map. To me, nothing was there past, like, Chilliwack in that area but you told me I had to come here and I'm thankful that I submitted and listened and I actually came here and I would never change that now looking back you could give me a free house in Vancouver and I wouldn't go back and that was something you did you saw in me and we also in Carrie's life she she she's a worshiper she's very talented and gifted in praise and worship and singing and musical she has musical ability and giftings and so you did there was a lot of there was a lot of times where you went up to her and you would tell her you need to do this and you need to come here and share your giftings here 
and you were very good at that and that would be a spiritual gifting you have and I believe that's an example of you hearing from God. You agree with that? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think I consciously think of that, but I think that because I do things myself, I want to get others on the team and get going with it. Let's let's get this on the road. Yeah. Because you got something that I don't have. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I can't do everything, but I can do something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have this joke I talk about people did it here today. I said, uh, you're not, uh, you, how would I say that? You're not, you're somebody, yeah. but you're not everybody. Yeah, you said that to me coming in. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, and that's true. Everybody has uh, something given to them by God yeah. that, that could be effective yeah. if they just get with it yeah and go and do something yeah. just do something even if, if it looks like it might be a mistake yeah god will work all of that out yeah. too just do something yeah but so many people don't want to t take a chance yeah. they don't want to risk speaking of doing something for as long as i've known you i've known you since like 97 1997 and every time i was around you we went to Israel together. You never stopped moving. You were always in motion. You were always active. You were always moving. So I agree with you when you say that because when you want other people to move and be active and do things and you can't steer a parked car. So you were never a parked car. You were always in motion. Yeah. And I think that's part of how you were able to accomplish all the things that you've accomplished, start all the things that you start, and you are fortunate enough to be blessed with having visions and dreams of getting things started, and you had people around you like Marlo and all these others that you mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast that were a strong team, and you all complemented each other, and you were able to pay attention to God, listen to God, and make all these things a reality and if you look at it today years and years later all these things have feet now and they're running they're thriving they're doing very very well in a very confused world and those are all things you help pioneer and incredible work like very very well done and that's why i'm sitting down with you today is to get that out and to show to our community um what you've done and part of what you do is being able to submit and hearing from God and operating your giftings. So thank you. But, but it's really important to, to say that there are key people that God put in my life to help me to come to that place of faith and trust yep. that I could launch out and do something. Yep, absolutely. And Marl was one, Grant was another one. Yep. She never, she said, he can't do that. Yep. Well, I'll show you I can't do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can, you, you you can do team. anything if yeah. it's in the framework of God's will and His purpose. Yeah. You can achieve great things. Don't just sit there and say, oh, I wish my life was different. Yeah. It won't be different. You're wishing it would be different. And you're still today, today, even though you're not active in the, the church cycle you're still actively connecting with people on a one-on-one -on -one basis you're still leading people to god 
introducing people to God, having connections with everyone around you, whoever that may be, whether it's here in this building or that's Simon Fraser, that's incredible work. It's, I'm very convinced that you're still continuing to hear from God and that you're walking and still moving um, when you're just shy of 91. What led you to being a pastor? You could have, there are so many other jobs out there. Being a pastor is a challenging job. It's difficult because you're working with people and people's lives and their belief system. What led you to being a pastor? Why become a pastor and choose this path? Where was God in that? How did God plant those seeds? Can you walk me through how God led you to that? Well, uh, well, I knew when I was 12 years old I was going to be a pastor, so. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Because. Why is that? You saw somebody? Well, I, I was very active in a summer camp program that had some of the some of my friends yeah. they, they were sharper in my judgment yeah. they were sharper than i was yeah. and uh, one of them has a memorial in uh, in the park up not to have the other park yeah who was took eventually got involved with young people yeah. and uh, he was killed by a rolling rock and uh, there's a memorial in that city wow. for to him wow. uh, he was my model as far as human is concerned, he he was far more spiritual than I was. Yeah. He he was creative, and uh, it was a ter terrible tragedy when he lost his life. Yeah. But he did it, working with Youth for Christ and taking young people out into the hills and the mountains. And you were in your you were a teenager when this happened. I, he and I were w within a year or two of okay. each other. Okay, in teenage years. Yeah, and, that... and I admired him. Yeah. Because he, but his father had died, yeah. and he'd been through a lot of terrible things in his life. And I thought, boy, I'm blessed. Yeah. So uh, you must have had moments, like you wanted to be a pastor since you were a teenager. You had this death that happened to a, a mentor of yours, someone you looked up to. Yeah. You must have had moments in your life where I, not just about projects, but just, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this pastor job anymore. Like this is just, it's too heavy to do. What grounded you? No. What was that God moment that grounded you? I what? think I, I, you see, I think I always wanted to be a pastor. Yeah. And when uh, Glenn and I got married, I had been up in this hinterland or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was invited by a church to to be a past to be the pastor of the church, I said, "Well, you know, I haven't even finished Bible school. Mm -hmm. Never did finish it. it. Just kept going straight ahead, and uh, and they accepted me as the the pastor, and that was it's from it went on from there. During those difficult moments." What made you continue to be a pastor? Why stay becoming a pastor, not leave? There are pastors out there that quit and leave, and they just, I can't become a youth pastor anymore. I don't want to be a pastor of a church anymore. I'm going to go in a different direction. You stayed the course. God would have done something within you to, to keep you on that path. Can you share with me what God did or... What that moment, what those moments would have been like. You would have had many, I'm sure. Well, this Can is you a, think of one. 
Is that something you could... Well, if God led me this far, why wouldn't he finish the work? God's not a starter and a quitter. Yeah. He, he keeps the door open as long as you want to walk through that door. And I just kept walking through the doors. Okay. I think that's... Uh, as long. simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sitting down with me and sharing just the history of what you've done and like just hearing from God, your work in Sri Lanka, um, and that you continue to hear from God today. So I appreciate your time with me today. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Tea Time with Gino. Thank you very much for joining me today with Pastor Arlo Johnson.